We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? Hi, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Spurs Up Show. This is episode 20. Uh, we are going to be previewing the matchup this weekend. The Louisiana Tech Bulldogs come to town, and Skip Holtz makes his return to Columbia as the Bulldogs take on the South Carolina Gamecocks uh, at 3.30 on SEC Network in williams Bryce Stadium. Uh, before we get into that, first, if you do want to follow the show, be sure to check us out on iTunes at the Spurs Up Show. Be sure to go there, rate, and subscribe. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like about the show. We appreciate all the feedback. Um, also, follow us on Twitter at Armchair S Car. That's at Armchair S C A R. Tweet us, go interact with us there. We always like taking listener questions from there as well. Uh, also, be sure to go follow us on our Instagram account at Armchair S Carolina. Uh, and this is a podcast brought to you by the Armchair All Americans, armchairallamericans.com, localizing your sports coverage content. Go, be sure to go check us out at armchairallamericans.com for all of your South Carolina Gamecocks news, your breaking coverage there, as well as, of course, uh, the show. So, like I said, this is episode 20. I'm going to be previewing the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs matchup. Unfortunately, Tyler is unable to join us tonight, uh, so he'll get a full dose of me. I'm your host, Chris Phillips, as always. Like I said, Tyler Clark. Unfortunately, uh, a couple of other commitments, couple really busy with things going on, so it'll just be me tonight. So, with that being said, we're still going to dive into everything, break down. Uh, might be a little more brief episode of the Spurs Up show than normal, like I said, because of the absence of Tyler. But uh, we're going to dive into everything. So, like I said... The game this Saturday will be in Columbia, South Carolina at Williams-Brice Stadium. It's a 3.30 kickoff uh, on the SEC Network. Um, the series history, South Carolina actually leads this overall series 4-0-1. Their last meeting came in 1995 when South Carolina uh, actually won the ball game 68-21 behind the arm of Steve Tannehill. Impressive performance uh, for him in that game. This was a somewhat of a rivalry, you could call it, I guess, in the early 90s. These two teams played each other for – uh, about four or five years straight, but then obviously that cut off. So they'll be renewing that that uh, the series. South Carolina comes into the game as a seven and a half point favorite. Uh, latest odds makers show, and the over under set at fifty three. Um, a little bit about Louisiana Tech. They are two and one on the year. Um, have already played an SEC team this year, Mississippi State. We all know about the Bulldogs' impressive start this this year. They just thrashed LSU last weekend. Um, Mississippi State was able to go into Louisiana Tech get an impressive win. 57-21 and kind of an interesting game where the Bulldogs – or excuse me, yeah, the Bulldogs, Louisiana Tech Bulldogs, uh, turned the ball over a lot, 
got up early on Mississippi State, but the Mississippi State Bulldogs were able to take advantage of some turnovers, really pull away late. There was also a very infamous third and 93 play, which I'm sure uh, third and goal, 93 yards, 87-yard loss, something like that that we all uh, probably seen on YouTube by now. Um, but the Bulldogs do come off an impressive win last week uh, against Western Kentucky. Um, they were able to beat the Catamounts 23-22 to on a late game-winning drive, um, coming off an emotional win there against a team I think they consider a rival in Western Kentucky. Um, as mentioned earlier, uh, Louisiana Tech, is their head coach is Skip Holtz, son of former Gamecock great head coach Lou Holtz, uh, and Skip, who also spent – uh, time on the Gamecock staff with his dad as well, um, making his return to Columbia, South Carolina. First time he's ever come back to Columbia since 2004 when he left. Um, this is his 18th year overall as a head coach. He's 121 and 94. Um, his fifth year at Louisiana Tech, 33 and 23 overall. Uh, and like I said, making his first trip to Columbia, obviously one of the bigger storylines of the game. You know, Skip Holt returning. Uh, there were some things today uh, throughout the, the South Carolina media talking about how Skip Holtz said that basically he was uh, almost guaranteed the job, really. Once Lou left, uh, then came the rumors of Steve Spurrier, and we all know what happened from that point. Um, So, yeah, making his return. uh, The Bulldogs diving in a little bit, scouting them on offense. They are scoring 32 points per game right now through three games, uh, averaging 165 rushing yards a game and 248 passing yards a game, a team that – you know, has historically been really known for their offense. They they lose a ton from last year, starting with their quarterback, Ryan Higgins. Um, he threw 48 touchdowns and eight picks in 2016, was really their leader on offense. Uh, and he is replaced by sophomore Jamar Smith. Um, overall for this year, he's 50 and 97, 722 yards, three touchdowns and two interceptions. Um, he's a guy that South Carolina will very much so have to keep an eye on a little bit more of a running threat, probably the most true running quarterback they've seen, or at least dual threat quarterback they've seen to this point. Um, is a guy Skip Holtz is very, very high on, and, you know, thinks the world of him. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how the youngster Jamar Smith plays. Um, at the running back position, they're led there by a senior, Jared Kraft Jr. is a solid player uh, so far in the season, 48 carries for 248 yards uh, and two touchdowns. Uh, lost a ton from the wide receiver position in 2016. They actually lost three starters and 3,507 receiving yards from 2016. Uh, lost two guys to the NFL draft, so lost a lot of talent there. Uh, but they do return some very capable guys in sophomore Rasheed Bonnet and junior Teddy Veal. Bonnet on the year has five catches for 185 yards and two touchdowns. Teddy Veal, who's actually a two-lane transfer, has been uh, Jamar Smith's favorite target. He's got 15 catches through three games. Um, 133 yards, does not have a touchdown yet, but a ton of catches, a guy they like to play in the slot, has good speed. So uh, Gamecocks will need to keep a close eye on him as well. Um, at the tight end position, you've got Zach Kuzar. They don't really use the tight end in their offense more in three and four wide receiver sets as they like to go to more of a spread offense. He's got one catch for nine yards and a touchdown in the season. Um, the offensive line for the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs actually lost going into the season, lost their starting second-team conference USA center, Joseph Brunson, uh, and their first-team conference USA left tackle, Daryl Brown, um, returned three starters overall, 53 starts overall um, on that offensive line, like we mentioned, averaged, 100, averaged 165 rushing yards a game. So a solid unit up front. Uh, I think that they were exposed a little bit against Mississippi State, obviously Mississippi State with a really great defense. Exposed a little bit there, though. Uh, so the Gamecocks hopefully will be able to get a little bit of pressure um, on the quarterback, Jamar Smith. Um, on defense, the Bulldogs are allowing 34 points per game, a little bit of their downfall. Um, 
203 rush yards allowed per game, giving up 204 pass yards allowed uh, per game right now through three games. The defensive line uh, returned three or four starters in top seven of eight, but the guy they're led by is the junior, Jalon Ferguson. Um, He's already at two sacks on the year, but last year was first-team Conference USA in 2016 with 14 and a half sacks. This is a guy that South Carolina Gamecock fans, and I know the team, but especially the fans who are in the country should really watch out for. He's an NFL prospect. Um, you know, obviously Vernon Butler came out of Louisiana Tech last year, went to the Carolina Panthers. Ferguson, more of an end guy, more of a speed rush guy off the defensive end. He's a guy that South Carolina is going to have to account for. Um, we're going to talk about a little bit later in the show as far as the key matchups. But Jalon Ferguson, a big, big guy up front and a, uh, a guy South Carolina will have to account for. Um, very inexperienced at linebacker are the Bulldogs. They return one of three starters. Um, but their one bright spot there is junior Brandon Derman. Uh, and he leads the team in tackles with 21 overall tackles. Um, in the secondary, they return 8 of 11 top defensive backs, um, have a lot of returning experience. Um, senior Demarion King leads that group. Um, he is second on the team in tackles with 16. Uh, they're a little bit smaller at the cornerback positions, too. But I, uh, one of the guys is five foot nine, the other, I think, right around 5'10. So South Carolina. Um, you know, should be able to utilize their bigger receivers and Brian Edwards or Trey Smith stepping in the Debo, Debo Samuel role. Um, should be able to get those bigger guys some uh, some separation, win some one-on-one matchups. Uh, and then finally, special teams, they actually lose a lot from there. Um, lost their punter and top kick returner, their punter, Gerald House. Um, but they do return one of the best kickers in the country and place kicker senior, uh, senior place kicker Jonathan Barnes. He was actually a Lou Groza finalist in 2016. Um, is off to a good start again this year and is like I said, you know, should be considered one of the best kickers um, in the country. So with that being said, you know, breaking down this game and kind of jumping into everything, um, I, I think some of the biggest things that Gamecock fans, you know, should look out for, I know that I'm looking for is, you know, obviously we've all been talking about what happened last week in Columbia against the Kentucky Wildcats in a game that was very, very much hyped. Um, but it's time to move on. And how did the Gamecocks bounce back after a disappointing loss last week? Look, I think there were a lot of Gamecock fans, if you asked right now, hey, South Carolina, I'll give you a 2 and one record after three games. I think every South Carolina fan would have taken it. Obviously, the way it happened and the team you lost to, um, you know, is not ideal, especially after starting out 2-0. and But the Gamecocks are in a good spot right now. They're 2-1. and But how does this team, more than anything, bounce back from that letdown last week and come into a 3-30 game against Louisiana Tech on Saturday? Uh, it's going to be key that Will Muschamp you know, the, the coaching staff really get these players up. And it's it's the adjustments to make in X's and O's are, are big. And, you know, I don't even want to start with – I've heard the term RPO more than I care to even imagine this week. Uh, it's something I don't want to talk about or get into. But really resetting me- mentally, you know, get, building back that confidence. Jake Bentley getting his confidence, getting the O-line going. Uh, on defense, continuing to build off getting turnovers. Just resetting mentally, you know, going out, playing a solid football game. I, I think that's what it's going to come down to. Um, and it's going to be extremely important that South Carolina, you know, really reset and refocus, um, you know, because after last week with everything that went wrong, really just a storm of everything going wrong throughout the day and obviously with the game as well, it's going to be key that South Carolina come focused to play a really good Bulldogs team. Um, like I said, I think that resetting mentally and refocusing on this game are, you know, while the adjustments to the X's and O's and the schemes and the play calling are all really important, South Carolina has to come out with that confidence and that swagger and, Really come out and play angry, something South Carolina didn't do last week. Uh, I think it's going to be absolutely critical that South Carolina come out, have a chip on its shoulder, you know, play physical, play tough, be very, very angry and upset about what happened last week and take it out out on Louisiana Tech. 
Um, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how that happens. How are they going to deal with adversity that went when and if it strikes in this ball game? Um, you know, another key, obviously, that South Carolina fans know far too well. Tyson Williams hasn't touched the ball in two of the first three games. Um, the two games he hadn't touched at South Carolina hasn't done anything on the ground. Uh, those games were NC State and the last game against Kentucky. Um, the one game he did get some, get some carries. Um, the Gamecocks had a very steady running game in the second half of Missouri. Um, so how will South Carolina get this running game going? You know, you lose your your top O lineman, your right tackle in Zach Bailey. Um, you lose your, you know, maybe the best player in college football currently with Debo Samuel, wide receiver going down. This running game has to get going. South Carolina is not going to win a whole lot of football games averaging rushing for 50, 60 yards. Uh, and it starts, you know, on the shoulders, honestly, of the offensive line, but really on Kurt Roper. I, how will he be able to get creative against Louisiana Tech? There, there is no time. There is no no place for a conservative-type play calling. The, the vanilla play calling style that we all saw against Kentucky, very predictable, a lot of the same formations we had seen. You almost felt like you knew what play was coming, and I promise you if a fan can tell what play is coming – I imagine the defensive coaches on the other side of the field can see it as well. So what does Kurt Roper do to combat it this week? Like I said, he had two great play calling games uh, against, uh, excuse me, against NC State, against Missouri, laid an egg against Kentucky, the entire team. Now what do you do after that? Do you come back out? Do you play, have, get creative with your play calling, call some outside runs, really mix up the uh, the zone read, the inside zone if you have it? Or do you go back and just keep it vanilla and stay conservative? I just don't think Kurt Roper can afford that um, because the the perception that Gamecock fans have of him already is not positive. Um, so he's going to have to build back that trust and really call a solid ball game um, and, and get this running game going. Jake Bentley cannot do it by himself, as we said last you know this week, recapping the Kentucky game. He can't do it by himself. They're going to have to get Rico Dowdle, Tyson Williams, A.J. Turner, that slew of backs that we all heard about in the preseason, how great these guys were. Well, Bobby Bentley, that offensive line, Eric Walford, Kurt Roper, have got to come up with a game plan to get those guys touches, get them effective touches, and get this offensive line rolling, get this running game rolling. Because I promise you, once this running game gets rolling, if South Carolina is able to run for 100 yards or more in every game they play, Jake Bentley is going to flourish. And this offense is going to flourish. Got to get the running game going. Um, You know, moving into the defense, Louisiana Tech – it's generally been a spread team. You know, they're usually an offensive juggernaut. They lost a lot of pieces, like we mentioned before. But they're going to come out. They're going to spread the football around. They're going to get it to their playmakers. Um, South Carolina's going to have to, you know, uh, compensate for a quarterback that's able to run and throw. Uh, the pass rush has got to be there. Um, South Carolina's done a pretty good job as far as in the turnover battle and as far as getting pressure on the quarterback and even stopping the run. I think the defense has been a surprise, something that we've all been – uh, very, very intrigued by, very excited about guys like Dante Sawyer, DJ Wanham, Sky Moore, TJ Brunson um, have all played really well, Rashad Fenton, others. But I think this is a much different test. South Carolina, I mean, you know, I, I think they relate more to Missouri than anyone. Um, South Carolina is going to have to be very, very disciplined on the uh, on the corners and the secondary. And the defensive line is going to have to get to this young quarterback because what Jamon, uh, excuse me, what uh, – what Jamar Smith showed um, against Mississippi State, at least, which I would say, you know, South Carolina might not – probably doesn't have the personnel that Mississippi State has right now, but they have that type of SEC speed, physicality, size. What Jamar Smith showed against Mississippi or against Mississippi State to me is that if you get a little bit of pressure on him, he, he will throw the ball into coverage and put it in tight windows, and there are chances there to make plays and force turnovers. So South Carolina guys, again, like DJ Wanham, Taylor Stallworth, 
uh, Ulrich Jones, the entire defensive front, that front seven, they're going to need to get pressure on the quarterback. And also, like we mentioned earlier, the the running back, you know, senior Jared Kraft Jr., they're, they're rushing for 165 rushing yards a game as well. Uh, going to have to plug up those holes, um, but be very, very disciplined. Like I said, I think Louisiana Tech's going to come out, really try to spread the ball around, really try to move fast. Um and, and the best way to stop a hurry-up offense and a spread offense like that is getting pressure on the quarterback and stopping him on first and second down. Um, so it, it's going to be absolutely key for South Carolina to make that happen and to, uh, to, to disrupt the timing of that offense. Um, moving into our key, my key matchups for the game, um, my biggest one, the first one, USC left tackle and right tackle. Left tackle Dennis Daly and right tackle Malik Young against Louisiana Tech defensive end Jalen Ferguson. Listen, as we talked before, Jalen Ferguson is a absolute NFL prospect, had 14 and a half sacks last year, has two already on this year. Um, obviously, as we mentioned, your best offensive lineman and your right tackle, Zach Bailey, goes down for the entire – not for the entire season, excuse me, uh, is down for this week. We'll probably miss a couple more me- weeks with a high ankle sprain, something that always scares you with those big guys. Those, those don't tend to heal quite as quickly as you hope, and they're very fragile. But needless to say, he's out this week. Um they're going to try to use Jalen Ferguson, obviously, on both sides of that line to get pressure on Jake Bentley, make him, force him to make mistakes, force him to throw. Jake Bentley's shown he he has a tendency. He will throw the ball into coverage and, you know, put it in harm's way. So they're going to depend on Jalen Ferguson to get back there. And it's going to be up to those younger guys. Like I said, Daly and Malik Young has played a lot, but he's sliding back over to right tackle. Those tackles absolutely have to play and contain Jalen Ferguson from getting in the backfield and getting to Jake Bentley. So I think that's going to be a huge matchup for this offense. Um, if they want to get clicking, they're going to have to keep Jake Bentley upright, which they've done a pretty good job of that this year. Um, so, you know, I really don't expect much different, but I think it's a huge matchup still to watch. Um, my next matchup, USC running backs against Louisiana Tech linebacker Brandon Dermott. Um, I put USC running backs because I don't really care who it is, and I'm not sure it really matters who it is. While I expect – all three will get carries. I expect Tyson Williams to get a ton of carries. Um, look for Rico Dowdle. I'm not, I, it doesn't really matter. Uh, Brandon Dermon's a guy who flies around the field. Like I said, leads their team in tackles with 21. Um, you know, you're going to have to make some guys miss. You're going to have to have to make some moves even when holes aren't there, which is something that Tyson Williams has shown the ability to do against Missouri. Made a couple great cuts, bounced outside. Um, obviously, you know, a lot of these, the running performance falls in the offensive line, but even be able to make something out of nothing, make, being able to find the creases, uh, make a guy miss like a Brandon Derman. Um, and Derman's going to be responsible, obviously, for keeping an eye on the, the running back, stopping, stuffing the holes there. Um, it's just going to be pivotal. South Carolina doesn't have a choice. They have to run the football this weekend and moving forward. They've got to find a way to run the football. Um, and those backs have got to make plays, whether it be in pass catching, whether it be on a straight handoff, whether it be a direct snap, who knows? Um, but they're going to have to make plays and they're going to have to make Brandon Derman miss. So a very much, very much a key there in the running game. Um, my last key matchup, USC safety, Chris Lamonts against wide receiver Teddy Veal. Lamonts a guy I don't feel like we've heard too much of, uh, too much about um, to this point this season, which is a good thing. Uh, South Carolina hasn't been beat over the top really with the big play. Uh, they haven't really been stretched out that much, but I think that's something Louisiana Tech will try to do. Uh, Teddy Veal, like I mentioned, the two-lane transfer, he's had a pretty good year so far, um, is, the, is you know Jamar Smith's favorite target, 15 catches on the year so far. Um, he's having a pretty good start to his season, but it, it's, you know, Chris Lamont's probably Jemias Williams as well, but I, I need, I need to see something out of Lamont's. I think this is his game to have a big breakout game. You know, if they do try to go over the top, they're going to, obviously they're going to spread it out. 
if they try to stretch the defense, go to the top. I want to see Chris Lamont make some big plays downfield. We haven't heard a lot from him. I think this will be a game he'll come out. He'll play He'll play his best game of the season. So uh, definitely watch those two as well. Um, keys to the game for me, for, uh, for me, start fast. I, I mean, I think it's a given. South Carolina, like I said, what happened last week um, was dreadful for them. Uh, it definitely hurt their confidence with a big blown opportunity, a missed opportunity, if you will. You got to flush it and move on. And there's no really better way to do that than come out. And which is something South Carolina's been able to do very well in their first three games is start fast. Um, they marched down the field against NC State and scored after they had the the kickoff return for a touchdown. They marched down the field against Missouri, missed a field goal, but really should have scored a touchdown, at least should have got three. Um, and then against Kentucky, the first play of the game, you score a touchdown. So come out fast, come out quickly, flush the Kentucky loss mentally, and, and show that you're ready to play. It's the best thing South Carolina do can do for themselves, for the coaching staff, for the fan base. Get all of the Kentucky voodoo, get all the Kentucky feelings out of the way. This is a new week. This is a new game. Start quickly, build a lead, and like I said, really just flush everything that happened last week. Uh, my second key, win the turnover margin. It, it seems very simple, and you know South Carolina right now is uh, winning the turnover margin on the season. They've actually gotten seven turnovers, only turned it over three times in three games, which is impressive. Um, they didn't win or lose the turnover battle against Kentucky. Both teams had two turnovers. It's just key for the South Carolina team to be to be opportunistic, to win the turnover battle. Um, that's still something they need to do. They cannot lose the turnover battle and win. Not many teams can, but especially them. Um, you know, Mississippi State was able to pull away from Louisiana Tech due to key turnovers. They had a block punt. Um, and if South Carolina wants to pull away Saturday in their game as well, they're going to have to force some turnovers. They're going to have to use their playmakers uh, on defense, you know, get pressure on Jamar Smith, jam those receivers, you know, make him throw it somewhere he doesn't want to, and be opportunistic there as well. I mean, it's just kind of the the marquee, I think, right now of South Carolina football is being opportunistic with turnovers and making the other team force them into mistakes uh, and not turning the ball over yourselves, taking care of the football, something Jake Bentley has done fairly a pretty good job of. Last week, obviously, had a couple of interceptions. Uh, one, we really won't count against him because it's on the last drive of the game. But, you know, just something that South Carolina needs to do in order to be successful. Um, and then my last key to the game, run sets up the pass. Listen, Kurt Roper, be creative. Let's get a little creative with the play calling. Get all three backs of football, especially Tyson Williams. There really is no excuse to not have Tyson Williams touch the football in the backfield. I know what you said all week. I know what Coach Muschamp said. He was on the field. There were plays where they optioned out of the run to go to the pass. I don't care. He has to touch the football. If you really want to commit to running the football, which you need to, he's got to touch it. He's got to at least have a design to run all the way where he's getting the football. Get your backs involved. Work play action. Get this offense going. The worst thing South Carolina can do is come out Saturday and be stale, be lethargic, be predictable. It's the last thing they need right now. Um, It starts upstairs with Kurt Roper. I mean, the players have to execute. Obviously, there was lack of execution against Kentucky, but there's no time to be be vanilla. There's no time to be really cute. Just call a solid game. Be creative. Mix things up like you did in the first two ballgames. with that being said, uh, I'm going to give my prediction for the game. Um, listen, I took a lot of flack last week for my 41 to 10 prediction. Uh, so I had South Carolina beating Kentucky 41 10, pulling away, winning that one in a blowout. I cut, I caught a lot of heat from that. Maybe not from our listeners, but a lot of different people. Um, and the one thing I'll say in my defense, that game had the makings of a blowout. That game had the makings of a 41 10 type game. 
Uh, South Carolina had the ball seven times inside Kentucky's 40 and only scored seven points. Uh, that, that, that game could have, could have shifted a much different way than it did. Um, you know, you get the touchdown the first play of the game. You get two straight turnovers inside their 40. It could have been – it really could have been and should have been at least 14, 17, 21 nothing at that point. So it had the makings for that. But anyways, I digress. My my prediction for the South Carolina-Louisiana Tech game Saturday, 3.30 in Williams-Brice. Um, I've been going back and forth on this. I, I, I do think South Carolina will be able to get over the hangover of the – uh, Kentucky loss. I think Will Muschamp's a better coach and better motivated than that to let those guys linger on that. Um, I, I think that Louisiana Tech's a good football team. I think people are taking them a little bit for granted. However, I do think there's an athlete mismatch. I mean, you're not going to tell me that South Carolina and Louisiana Tech have the same caliber of athletes or even the same type of depth. Um, however, I do think Skip Holtz, there's a motivating factor for him. He's got a ton of motivation coming back to Columbia, South Carolina. Um, you know, he wants to prove things to people. He maybe wants to prove he should have been the head coach and, or maybe he wants to stick it to South Carolina. Um, with that being said, I think South Carolina, you know, will do everything in their power to establish the running game going. I think they will get the running game going. Um, look for, I'm not sure if it'd be Tyson or Rico right now. I'd probably say, uh, Rico to have over a hundred yards. I'd see those two guys compliment each other. Also, I think they'll get A.J. Turner the ball in different situations. But that running game overall get to going. That You know, I see them r- rushing for over a buck fifty as a team. Uh, look for Jake Bentley to have a pretty solid day. Life post-Debo Samuel, at least for the next six to eight weeks. Um, as South Carolina look for guys like Ortre Smith, Shai Smith, Chad Terrell, um, the tight ends, and Hayden Hurst, Casey Crosby, all to step up. Uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be a lot of Ortre Smith and, and Brandon uh, – or Trey Smith and uh, Brian Edwards, excuse me, on the outside. I think it's going to be a lot of that. So, you know, with that being said, I think South Carolina, I could see a halftime score being pretty close, but I think South Carolina pulls away for now. I'm going to say something like 34 to 21. Um, you know, I, I think as South Carolina fans, I think this is a really important game. Like I said, I see 34 to 21 right now. Um, the spread, like I said, is at seven and a half. If South Carolina can't cover the spread, I think South Carolina's got much bigger problems than they imagine. This is a game that South Carolina honestly needs to come out, needs to score 45 points, needs to win impressively, build up confidence, build back momentum. But for right now, for what I saw last week against Kentucky, I, I just don't know how much South Carolina is going to be able to do. Um, and they have a knack for playing these close ball games. So right now, I am going to say 34 to 21, South Carolina pulls away. Uh, I, I don't know that it ever feels really as close as the score is a 13-point game, but uh, I just I do think South Carolina gets the win, moves to three and one on the year before they hit travel to College Station the week the next week to take on Texas A&M. Um, so with that being said, moving into some listener questions, uh, we'll we'll run through these really quickly. Um, this first one comes from Reddit Roytown. Will we take this opportunity to take more snaps under center and actual gameplay instead of mostly out of the gun? Uh, it seems like a good chance to get that a little more ironed out for those moments you need to run it on third and fourth and one, third or fourth and one. Um, Roytown, I absolutely do think they'll take a lot more snaps under center. Um, that was a big emphasis this, this week. Obviously, they had a big fourth down stops on the goal line at the 50. Um, and one of the reporters and what Mil- Will Muschamp's uh, weekly presser asked, you know, do you have jumbo packages? Do you have things under center? He just simply said, yes. I, I do think they'll get a little more to that. I think they'll challenge the guys this week on their physicality. And I think if you see a third and one or a fourth and one, they're going to line up under center and just try to jam it and go for it. I can't see another situation where they're going to sit there in the shotgun 
and, and try to run some funky little inverted veer or some, you know, uh, a read play. You know, when you don't have the threat of Jake Bentley running, it, that, it doesn't, that play is not really that effective when you don't have the threat of the quarterback running. So I think you're going to see a couple more, you know, a little bit more true runs uh, under center, you know, committing to the run. I think they all realize they have to run the football. Um, another one from Reddit, Squish Maloish. Has Kurt Roper ever heard the saying, keep it simple, stupid? Will he keep that in mind next time he tries to outcoach himself? Uh, well, Squish, I, I don't know that he's ever heard the saying. If he hasn't, he needs to hear it. Um, I agree with you. Yeah. I, I mean, I think in a lot of Gamecock fans would agree with you as well. He got too cute. He got very vanilla against Kentucky. Uh, and this is a very big game for him. Like I said, playing calling. I mean, I know it's not a premier opponent in losing in tech, but to build back momentum and trust in the offense, we're going to need to see some creativity. Uh, see this offense clicking, you know, get, get, functioning all cylinders, all the hype we heard in the preseason. And especially how are you going to adjust now that Debo Samuel's not there anymore? Who are you going to use? How are you going to spread the football around? Um, <clears throat> and leading into that, our last question comes from JS Hokey. One, well, I'm glad to finally see Ortre. It seems that he is just the same role filler as Brian Edwards. Do we expect to see increased performance from him while Debo is out? If not, who steps up to fill the shoes? Um, yeah, I think Ortre Smith's a really capable player. Uh, you know, here's the thing, JS Hokey, you're never really going to complain. Uh, you're never going to complain about having two big guys. And I think in this in this situation, this matchup, South Carolina should be able to expose some matchups on the outside. Brian Edwards and Ortre Smith should be able to win some matchups. I mean, I, I'm the type of person I really do like the bigger wide receivers. Uh, you you like having those. I mean, especially with you got Brian Edwards, Ortre Smith, and then Shy Smith in the slot. Who you know, Shy Smith's played well, but I don't think at all we've seen the best football out of him, the young freshman, the speedster who who really is a similar Debo Samuel type. Um, I 100% expect to see increased performance, not just from him, but everyone else in this receiving core. I look to see much, much more Casey Crosby being used. I expect Hayden Hurst to have a really good game Saturday. Uh, like I said, they want to get Chad Terrell involved. Randrikas Davis is another guy they want to get involved, um, who has a lot of ability. So, yeah, I think they'll spread the ball around. Uh, you know, there's not one guy that's going to replace Debo Samuel, the kind of player he is and the kind of year he was having. But I think they've got pieces there where they'll be able to spread the football around and uh, – you know, and still make this offense click. So it'll be interesting to watch, like I said, how Kurt Rupert calls that game, who he's going to use in the slot, uh, you know, how 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 they're going to make this offense run. Uh, and, and you better figure out quickly because Louisiana Tech's coming to town and, you know, they're looking for a win. Um, so with that being said, like I said, I know this was kind of an unorthodox edition of the Spurs Up show. We will have Tyler back early next week uh, to recap Louisiana Tech game um, and everything from there. So appreciate you guys listening. Again, if you do want to catch the show, Check us out on iTunes at the Spurs Up Show. Be sure to go there, rate, subscribe. You know, tell us what you like. Let us know the feedback. We really appreciate it. Also, follow us on Twitter at Armchair S Car. That's at Armchair S C A R uh, on our Instagram page as well at Armchair S Carolina. And go to ArmchairAmericans.com as well. Check out all the content, all of our breaking news pieces there, as well as the show. Uh, and also, if you have not seen on our Twitter account. Be sure to submit all of your game day videos. We will be running contests all throughout the season, uh, having giveaways. I know Nick, you know our, our friend Nick Best actually won last week for his video from the student section against Kentucky. Uh, be sure to check us out. Um, send in your game day videos. It can be literally anything from tailgating to the game to post game, uh, whatever you want. Send those in. Tweet it to us at Armchair S Car with the hashtag Take a Seat. So, with that being said. Uh, Again, I'm your host, Chris Phillips. We appreciate you guys listening. We will catch you next week to recap the game against the Louisiana Tech. Have a good one.
The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.